Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. You know, I didn't want to get in the car. I actually... With Amanda Howland and Robert McKnight. Hello there and welcome to Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Well, she's with us. She's the serial killer whisperer, a true crime author, best-selling true crime author, and criminologist Amanda Howard. Get in here. How are you today? <laughs> hey, Robert. I am so glad to be here again because we have such a big shake-up this week and I can't wait to see what you think of it. Well, I tell you what, those who are not joining us on the video podcast are missing out because how did you describe your boobs today, Amanda? <laughs> I said they were looking good because I've got gym gear on. So <laughs> She said one of them looks fake and one of them doesn't look so good. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if that's not worth $5, uh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and don't forget, for the video feed, you can go to mwm.uscreen.io or subscribe through Patreon on the $25 tier at patreon.com slash mwmconfessions. I cannot think of a better reason to subscribe. <laughs> Now, Amanda, we're obviously doing Leslie Merritt today. Uh, Tell me, I don't know about this case. What can we expect? Uh, We can expect a couple of twists and turns because um, I think that we may actually have a a new contestant for our Todd Colehep Detective of of the Year Award. So it's going to be a frustrating but interesting one. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what names you use for this detective. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, we look forward to that. But as always, let's get into the news of the week. And a man who died in a 2005 plane crash has been identified as a suspected serial killer accused of killing three women in South Florida at the turn of the millennium. As WPLG Local 10 reports, the cold case identifies Roberto Fernandez as the killer. Justice never expires. The families of three young women murdered in Miami-Dade and Broward County some 20 years ago, finally getting some answers. These men and women never gave up over the course of the past two decades. Broward County has always had her backs. Michael's wife, Kimberly Livesey, was found stuffed in a suitcase on the side of the road in Cooper City. This was June of 2000. Days later, Sia Damis was found crammed in a duffel bag in Dania Beach. Then a year after that, Jessica Good discovered floating in Miami's Biscayne Bay. Roberto Fernandez, a Brazilian citizen who was living in Miami, was tied to that murder. When investigators were uh, making moves to go and contact him and bring him in for questioning, Unfortunately, they had already found out that he had fled uh, the country to Brazil. He was a person of interest in many violent crimes against uh, prostitutes in that country as well. Brazil wouldn't extradite. While in Brazil, he made many enemies accused of murdering more
four women, including his wife. He fled Brazil as well, but his plane crashed on the way to Paraguay, detectives refusing to leave it at that. It's believed that he could have faked his death to avoid further attempts on his life. So the first thing that had to be determined if we were going to move forward with anything is if Roberto Fernandez was still alive. They worked to locate his casket and get his body exhumed, matching his DNA to the cases and bringing closure to these families. I wish we were up here showing you his mugshot. Uh, unfortunately, we, we were deprived that pleasure. Uh, knowing his last minutes on earth were probably full of terror. Makes me feel a little better. That's an interesting comment, isn't it, Amanda? The idea that justice couldn't be served, but there might be some consolation for the families, knowing his last moments were likely filled with terror. I find that a bit morbid, really. I, I <laughs> When I heard that, I went, hang on a sec. How about, like, the, the pilots on the plane, the other people on the plane, did they deserve to go down in a fiery crash too? It's a, it's. Um, I know that it's, it's try, trying to provide a sense of closure for the families of these victims, but I really don't think that you can sort of juxtapose getting justice and a guy dying in a plane crash. It, it's really, really unusual. Oh, you know what he means, um, though. If the plane crash was going to happen, better that he be on that plane and get some sort of justice. Yeah, but I'm sure they would have preferred to have him, you know, go to trial, be sentenced oh, yeah, or for something. Sure. More so that so the family can have justice. But, uh, yeah, to me it's like, how about the pilots and the other passengers? Did, did they deserve to go down to? I don't, I don't know. It just, it, it just got me the wrong way, I think. I get you. Interesting that Brazil wouldn't extradite him and then he went on a serial killing rampage over there. They almost got what they deserved uh, in a terrible sort of way. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, th there was suspicions to start off with that his wife's family actually had him, him killed. So there is sort of oh. that sort of um, tw twist to the case as well because they said, was he faking his own death to get away from her family? Or yes, that was an interesting statement from the police. That was really interesting that they yeah. said we needed to know, <laughs> we needed to see the body. Yeah, and literally they did. They actually found a judge that allowed them to uh, exhume him and take some DNA. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was their prime suspect very early on. So um, we, we can see by the image that's on the screen now that he did have some mud shock taken during this time. So there is evidence that he was very much um, on their radar, which is why he fled to Brazil in the first place. So, and what, yeah, what, but, what do we know about those three victims? Well, we do know that um, though they had very caring families who, who realised that they had disappeared quite quickly, um, they were in, in trouble with drugs and they were sex workers. But um, because they were able to be identified so fast, that's why they were able to get DNA from them and even a fingerprint in one of oh. the cases. Uh, they, they had been stabbed, so that these were actually quite brutal um, accounts and one of them was even shoved into a suitcase, which is how she was found. So there is other sex workers that have since come forward and there has also been other deaths that they're trying to actually link him to so uh in my database right now he has three possibly four victims but that could actually increase and even double i think so be interesting to see where this is going because it's certainly not a a solved case just yet yeah it's always interesting when these uh serial killers pick on the easiest it's like low-hanging fruit in yeah. a way when you pick on sex workers who have no protections and uh Absolutely. you know if they go missing people don't overly notice the police 
please don't overly take it seriously or at least traditionally hopefully that changes let's move on because Australian Catherine Burney known as the parasite serial killer wants her freedom after 35 years in jail Burney is serving four terms of life imprisonment for the kidnap rape and murder with her de facto David Burney they were both involved in the killing of four women in the notorious Morehouse serial killings according to News Corp those opposed to her release say her innocuous demeanor behind bars is misleading with the Bernie case investigating detective Paul Ferguson calling her an evil parasite. Now Amanda this is the case we profiled in our very first episode. I know, and it seems like it was last week, but it's like three years ago mm. now. Uh, yeah, David Burney is, is someone that I had a close relationship with, meaning that I knew him well and I spent a lot of time interviewing him. And so I got a bit of an insight into Catherine Burney because she hated me, still probably does. Um, most of them do anyway. But uh, she was someone who uh, even even David said that she would sell her, her grandmother to get what she wanted. So the fact that she's sort of playing this old doting grandma role now because she has just turned 70 uh, it's interesting to see how um this sort of juxtaposes with who who she was in the 80s and a lot of people say uh like it's it's just like the cheshire cat smile she is certainly a calculating and cold person even all these years later yeah what was interesting with the whole bernie case is what you covered and the recordings you had speaking to him in jail and i remember i was new to this genre and i cut out a lot of the personal interaction with you and him and if we were to do that case now i would include a lot more of that because it showed how normal he was behind bars and talking about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I think it was, or Red Dwarf, I can't quite remember. <laughs> oh, um, good memory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right um, there, yeah. And so. it's interesting, that would be worth going back to, but it was also interesting how you developed a relationship with him and, and, the, and the issues surrounding his death, and she when they were arrested she disowned him did she turn on him i'm trying it is three years ago i'm trying to remember the case uh she she didn't turn on him as in that she sort of put all of the blame on him she was very happy to actually confess to her parts in in these crimes because she literally didn't want him getting all of the glory but as as the years went on they kept they kept contact until about the last three years of his life when I, i got to know him better and that's purely because she was told for as long as she speaks to him she's never getting out of prison so she said oh well that that's easy see ya and um all of her all of his correspondence to her would actually be returned to him and so he realized that she was playing the next part of the game and 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 he said you know that this is who she was this is how she worked this wasn't that she was like this sort of um doting partner she, she was very much equal in, in in these crimes and and a you know a, a leopard doesn't change its spots yeah i actually can't blame her that if she got told because you're corresponding with him still it will hurt your chances of getting out i, I get that yeah, totally. And and they all play games. And so many of them, you know, I, I know are coming up for parole and things like that. And they tell me all these processes that they go through. I know three killers in prisons in, in this country just, like, 
instantly that are playing games to actually get their own release and they're trying to work out where they're going to stay and what jobs they're going to get. And they basically play all these games so they can tick those boxes to get released. And that's exactly what she's doing now. Well, they're playing the system and that's what they have to do. All right, let's move on because police have identified a woman who is believed to have dumped a backpack containing human remains behind a store in Virginia, USA. The woman, whose name hasn't been released, was arrested 16 hours after police released photos of the suspect. The remains were discovered by an employee of the store who thought her behaviour was odd. An autopsy is taking place to determine whether the remains are human. I've got to say, Amanda, it sort of sounds like there was a baby inside. Yeah, um, some of the news reports have, have actually confirmed that that they will, right. what what they believe is, is the truth is that there was um, human remains that were a a tiny infant. So uh, this woman is actually under eighteen. So I think we have a whole lot more issues that she really needs more help with than she needs to sort of be be. Um, criminalised for this. I know that there is a lot more to come, but I really do believe that um, I think there's more to her story rather than uh, these sad outcomes. Yeah, this this is a real thing, isn't it? Because there is a real mental health issue. We can't put a lady like this in the same category as a serial killer. She is obviously suffering on a lot of levels. In this day and age, there is no need to dump a body. You can get support, but um, I think the first thing is to find out where she is. Uh, Just looking at that picture on the screen, she just looks like a normal young girl, and she does look young, and that is a key here. So who knows what her family's like. Uh, it's a t- it's a tragic situation, uh, but we will we will follow this case and bring you an update when we know more and see how it progresses. But I actually do like the fact the police are giving her uh, are just not putting her name out there at the moment. So I think that's important as they try to determine what was in the bag and and what exactly is going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is a whole lot to go through, whether the baby was still born, whether it yeah. um, had had breathed, all of that. There, there's, it's so complex. And, and we did touch on the Kelly Lane um, case last week, which I gave a totally different um, description of. So it's, it's about what we find out, what was known, what was unknown, and all of that that still has to come with this case. Yeah, and look, let's remember abortion is still, to this day, a big issue in the States, and there is a state... Oh that just changed the laws that I think, and and I'm sorry if I'm getting this information wrong, that you can't terminate after six weeks or something ridiculous. So if she had passed that and she's in one of these states that, or this state that did that, I don't know if it's Virginia. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but it just shows that... Sorry, Amanda. Uh, Texas was the one that's just passed the laws. Virginia, I'm not quite sure, but there has been multiple states that have come along with these draconian rules about a woman's body and her rights. So I think this is timely to show what can happen. And it will lead to more of this. You know, abortion has always been a thing, even when it was outlawed, and people have taken matters into their own hands in a dangerous way, not just for the baby but the, and the termination, but for the woman doing the termination. We are 
going backwards. All right. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us and see the video cast by going to mwm.uscreen.io. And for $15 a month, you can have access to all the videos or you can buy them individually for $5. Of course, you can take out the many tiers on Patreon. For as little as $5, you can go and hear that David Burney episode that we talked about because you get full access to the entire back catalogue as well as a one-week head start on all new episodes. For $10, you get that plus uh, any bonus material. And last week, we offered everyone on the $10 tier or more some additional footage from our Ask Us Anything video series uh, that we put up so that you could see the video and see some outtakes. We just had a couple of extra questions that didn't fit in for time. Plus, the $10 tier also gets you access to Amanda's secret Facebook group, and I tell you, people love that. $20 will get you access to a monthly group chat via video. $25 will get all of that, plus access to the Uscreen videos. And $50 will get you a one-on-one video call with Amanda once a month. And Amanda, how are those video calls going? I've handballed them to you. Have you been making them happen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes and no. So uh, some have gone forward, some we've had to reschedule, but um, it's about making time for me and the other person and making mm. sure they have plenty of questions so I don't want them to waste their time. Yep. I'll talk about serial killers until the cows come home, but I want them to sort of have that opportunity to have me one-on-one and to yes. grill me or ask me questions or just talk at me. Some Sometimes that's that works for me as well. <laughs> yes. And, and, look, I will come along at request, but what we found was the people wanted to talk true crime, as you can imagine, and uh, it would veer off into TV if I was there. So Amanda and I yeah. made the determination <laughs> that if we keep it to Amanda as the default, but I will absolutely, if you're desperate for a bit of McKnight there, I will make myself available. <laughs> uh, I always have to wreck it with some stupid comment. All right, in a moment, <laughs> our psychological profile on Leslie Merritt. You are listening to or possibly watching Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. Even though I didn't want to get in the car, I had to. With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Between August 29 and September 16, 2015, a spate of shootings along the I-10 freeway through Phoenix, Arizona, had the state in fear. Though no one was killed, several cars were struck, and when one young girl was injured, police knew it was only a matter of time before the shootings turned deadly, and they knew they had to capture the shooter. Today alone, five new reports of vehicles struck by projectiles. A semi-truck confirmed hit by gunfire as the crime scenes here multiply. 
Innocent drivers along I-10 worry they may be in the crosshairs of a shooter. Who wants to be driving on I-10 when there's bullets flying around? Not me. Motorists across Phoenix are behind the wheel in fear. The shooting's dominating local news. We are starting with breaking news. It's been a very dangerous day for Valley drivers on Interstate 10. It's scary. It's really scary. Many refusing to drive a 14-mile stretch of the interstate where windows have been shot out and bullets have ripped through seats. Alicia Chavez drives her four-year-old to school on side streets. She won't go anywhere close to I-10. It really kind of takes us out of our way, but, you know, for the safety of my son, it's, it's worth it. On September 18, just one week after the last shooting, 21-year-old Leslie Merritt was arrested in connection with the shootings. The following day, police announced that Merritt's gun had been matched to four of the 11 shootings and quickly charged him with 15 criminal charges linked to the shootings. But before we start with all of that, we'll go through, as we always do, the interrogation. Amanda, take us from the top. Explain to our listeners what we're seeing. Well, interestingly, this one, we don't actually start with the suspect in the room or, or the police in the room. Um, we're sort of met with a, a, like an empty place. And so we're waiting for ev everyone to come in. So Merritt comes in first and there's two detectives with him. We don't actually even hear their names. I literally had to go and look them up. And one of them I got, and his name is Ron Baroldi. Um, but the guy <laughs> Sounds like a news anchor. Merritt it's the news at six with Ron Baroldi. I know it's such a weird name, and I kept calling her. I kept calling him Haroldi and all this sort of weird <laughs> stuff. But anyway, <laughs> it's for, this one is going to confuse us a lot along the way, guys. Okay. I promise you that. But Merritt, he, he's a chubby young guy, um, sort of a bit balding, sort of crew, crew cut. He's unshaven. He's just wearing like a t-shirt and tracksuit pants or uh, sweatpants. I think they call them in, in the US. Um, and he's asked if he's going to actually be tethered to the table. So it's quite interesting that he's sort of. Um, demanding to know what's going on, whereas the, uh, the, the the two cops that are coming in are really sort of blasé about it, and there's no formality to it as, as they start. And I mean, we've done what 120 cases or, or something on, on mm. this on this channel, and this is the only time I've ever seen this way that it starts. It's just sort of this balls up from the very first moment mm. that they start. Interesting use of the term balls up. Uh, for our American <laughs> friends, we don't refer to sweatpants as tracksuit pants. We call them tracky dackies in Australia. So just so if you ever come over here <laughs> and you put a pair of <laughs> So I, I was just going to say the same thing. Uh, in my head I said tracky dacks and I had to remember what the actual real terms were for it because I had to sort of sound a little bit professional because of what was said tracky. <laughs> you tried to be professional. This is Monsters Who Murder. Um, now look, the time is just <laughs> after the time is just after 10.20. This interview starts, as you say, in chaos and to start it, Merritt asks a pretty good question. I'm being arrested? Uh, you are under arrest. For what? We'll explain that right now. Hold on, if I go in and take these off, you know, no, no, I no, just, you'd be struggling because? I just have no idea why I had a bunch of guns yeah. in my face, man. Yeah, cool. Okay, so they arrested him with guns out. They also seem worried that he might go off if they take the cuffs off him. Yeah, it's so odd that, you know, you're going to be nice to us so we can take off, off the, the cuffs. This is like a, a first bargaining, and it's quite weird that they're starting with that. Like, he says, have I been arrested? But we know that they arrested him with guns out. So the fact that he's now in this room in handcuffs and still asking that question, it just... I'm, 
So there's it a level sort of, of confusion. From this moment there's a level of there confusion, is. but has he given them cause to think he might go off if they take off the cuffs? Absolutely not. As far as we are aware, this was a very calm arrest. The fact that they come with, with guns out sort of has, has been lost on him. He doesn't even realise that, gee, you're under arrest for him to actually ask it now. It just proves that it wasn't sort of this massive takedown. So it's No, just, but it also seems one, like he hasn't had his rights, which is weird because we're about to see him read him their rights. Have a look. Leslie Elias, L-E, Allen, A-A, A-L-L-E-N, Merritt, M-E-R-R-I-T-T, Jr. Okay, and Leslie, what's your date of birth? 6-2094. Okay, and what's a good residential address for you? Probably mine, uh, 6645 West Myrtle. Okay, is there an apartment number or anything? Uh, number one. Okay, and do you have a good contact telephone number? Well, let me see if I know, though. I just got a phone, I think it's a 602, or no, 623. 5220510. Okay. And now, is that a, is that a landline or is that a cell phone? Okay. All right. All right. Before we go any further, uh, Leslie, I'm going to advise you of your rights for Miranda, okay? You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can or will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to be present or have the you have the right to the presence of an attorney to assist you prior to questioning and to be with you during questioning if you so desire. If you cannot afford an attorney, you have the right to have an attorney appointed for you prior to any questioning. Do you understand your rights? Mm -hmm. Okay, understanding your rights, are you willing to speak with us? Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, before we get going, there's a couple things that I need to get before we get started on the interview, okay? So if you give me a couple minutes, and we'll be right back with you, okay? It's uh, 2306 hours. What's that, 1123? Hang on, sorry, I need to stop for a moment. They said it's 2306 hours. Someone said it's 1123. But the timestamp, for those watching the video, the timestamp at the bottom actually said it was 22.15, like 10.15 p.m. Um, what's going on there? on with everything else that's going here so this could actually spell disaster this could be something that he can say later that there's a jump in in the recording or anything like that but the fact that they sort of come in oh am i arrested yeah you're arrested now I'll read your rights now i'm gonna leave again you know like how about telling him what he's been arrested for any of this it's i'm just <laughs> it's so frustrating when i started watching this tape i'm like is this what I'm supposed to be watching or have they just accidentally mislabeled this? Because this does not look like something when they're arresting a serial shooter that is possible that there are other victims that have been killed that, you know, that, that could be linked to this. The fact that they're sort of going through and they've got wrong dates, got wrong times, the, uh, the detective actually says, what's the best residential address for you? Rather than what's your address? There's flourishes that are happening which are actually causing more harm than good. And as I said, we're only second into this but this is how the tone is is going to go that they are going to get up and down multiple times they're going to get times wrong they're going to get his name wrong they're going to get all these different things wrong as they try and put this together and it just proves that yet yeah, that timestamp is just the first issue that we're going to have it sounds like they've arrested him probably a little bit too early 
uh, without ha having everything ready to go. You know, these cops look like they're on the hop. You know, the fact that you just read the rights yeah. out and then you have to leave the room again. I mean, you could yeah. say maybe there's a sense of leaving him alone for a moment to scare him, to, you know, um, let him know he's not in control. He, there are psychological games that can go on, and, and we yeah, know absolutely. this. But a time call is a weird thing to get wrong. As I said, they sounded to me like there were two different time calls. 2306, I'm sure, is what he said at first. The other officer went, no, 1126, who obviously jumped off the 23, even though it was closer to 1015. It's really, really weird. Um, look, Merritt is left alone after the two officers leave. The room seems suffocatingly small. And that comes back to what I said about that psychological, um, taking the psychological advantage. Merritt sits and picks at his fingers. He looks into the camera directly, but really seems quite chilled. As yet, as far as we know, he has not been told what he's been arrested for. Amanda just mentioned that. The officers return two minutes later and start by asking him why does he think he's been arrested? Okay, Leslie, why do you think you're here? Dude, I got no clue, man. Not at all. Kyle off work, where to go cash my check, and he said, no, whole damn world in my face with guns. Why do you, why do you think you would be here? I have an idea, man. Cafe take or something? I don't know. I don't. Any, anything that you can think of that you might have done or something that would no, get man. you here? Been staying out of trouble. Okay. <clears throat> He actually seems believable. Um, no, seriously, I, I, you know, I try not to know the end of these things, so I don't know if this guy did it or not. I don't know how this plays out. But looking at that, this guy doesn't seem like they've caught me. But let's be honest, if Detective Baroldi, did he really think he was going to say, oh, yeah, I did the I-10 shootings, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Exactly. He responds with, I don't know, parking tickets. Like, yeah, yeah guns out, drawn. Yeah, okay. Um, maybe not. But he's like not giving up anything and the fact that Baroldi thinks that he was going to respond as you said yeah yeah I'm the, I'm the I, I tend shooter of course he's not going to do that no one in their right mind is going to do that even if they think that it might be linked to that they're not going to come out first question why have you been arrested like I know that they're trying to play play a game here but um it's not the right game to start with your very first question after you ask them, what's the best residential address we can use for you? The next question isn't, why have you been arrested? I mean, legally, they actually have to tell him, not the other way around. Yeah, well, that's an interesting point. I, I will say, I don't know that. This guy might be <laughs> just one smart cookie. He genuinely seems a little bit bewildered. But then Detective Baraldi goes off on a gun-related tangent. Let's have a look at how that plays out. All right, um, do you own a uh, nine millimeter high point yeah. some automatic handgun? Okay, um, tell me about that. How did you come in possession of that handgun? I bought it from Cabela's, okay. brand new in the box. All right, and do you remember when you purchased it? Oh, shit. It's gotta be a couple weeks after I turned 21. Okay, and when did you turn 21? June 20th of this so, year. And so you're saying, you're saying a couple weeks or a couple months? It's got to be about a month at least, yeah. Okay, all right. And do you recall how much you paid for it? 
165 with a box of ammo. Okay. And what kind of ammo did you purchase with it? What is it called? Like herders or some cheap 1199 box. Okay. Did you get that at the same time that you purchased mm -hmm. the gun at Cabela's? Yeah. And I also had, should have reported it, but I didn't, about, about, probably a month ago, I had 250 Winchester rounds. I had them in my trunk because I was going to go to the range and someone stole them out of my trunk. Okay. I've got to say, Amanda, this is a little bit of a convenience that his bullets were stolen. Now I'm starting to doubt him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I was the same. I'm like, oh, just the bullets. The gun wasn't stolen. Yeah. You know, he, he's only had it a few weeks. And it sort of um, seems to be a bit convenient that he was able to say exactly how much it cost, where he bought it, what bullets he had, and when they did disappeared. So this is the first red flag that's come up. Yeah, interesting. It's amazing how my perception can change during the interview. Now, Baroldi continues <laughs> his questioning, but not before Merritt asks an odd question. Not my gun. My gun's been at the pawn shop for the last month, a month and a half. Okay. And uh, when you purchased the gun, what was the purpose or the reason for you to purchase the gun? Because I can carry it. Oh, carry it for what reason? Well, I live in Glendale, man. Okay, it's Glendale a bad place? I mean, it's a pretty shitty neighborhood, but it's affordable for me and my family, so. Okay, okay. And when you purchased it, um, have you ever lent it out to anybody or? No, no. no? So, so you've always had possession of yeah. that 9mm? I pawned it a couple of times, but that's it. I've had it. Okay, well, tell me about those incidents that you pawned it. Well, the first time, I needed money for formula and electricity. All right, well, let's go right here to Mo Money Ponds on 12th Street Indian School. Gave me what they gave me the first time. They gave me 60 the first time, and then 60 again, and then 70. Okay, so you pawned it three times? Yeah. Now, what a strange question. Why do you need a gun? This is America. The Constitution allows you to have a gun. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, and it's such a ridiculously mundane response. But we've seen this so many times with the Ryan Waller case, with the Stephen McDaniel case. They're always asked, why do you need a gun? And, you know, basically, as as he just said, because I can, you know, yeah. and, and that's it. Though I, I actually looked up the statistics and it's 44% of homes in the U.S. have a gun in the house. So wow. it was less than I thought. I over 50%, but I did look it up, and that was the Gallup yeah, polls that want me to sign my references. Yeah, but, um, you know, he's still unaware why he's been arrested. So, again, we, we sort of go back to that um, uh, interrogation 101. The first thing you say after you, do, uh, after you ask for a lawyer is to ask what you've been arrested for. They are looking for information, but he doesn't know what he has to conceal and what he has to admit to. So he's just going, yeah, I, I have a gun. It was pawned this time, that time, and all, all of this. So when they're asking him when wasn't when was it not in your possession it was actually out of his possession more than it was actually in his possession and so that this is going to be an interesting part to play but they're just talking about oh it's, it's a rough neighborhood he he's not he's not seeing a link so it's quite concerning that he's he's giving this information out when he doesn't even know why he's there and just wrong <laughs> don't do that i know you're not a lawyer but you've seen a lot of these cases <laughs> could a lawyer make hay of the fact this guy still hasn't been told what he's been arrested for 
Well, yeah, they can because um, though he has said, yes, I will talk to you, anything he says, he can say, yeah, but that, that has nothing to do with this. I didn't have, have the gun when these occurred and all, all of that. But because he's not given uh, the reason for the for the prosecution, basically, he can't have a, a defence against it. So um, regardless if, if you're guilty or not, you have a right to know why you've been arrested. And he asked, am I being arrested? But he then didn't ask the second question, What why? am I being arrested and so for? Exactly. And the fact that he doesn't ask that, that sort of then says, well, I know why I've been arrested. So you've got to sort of look at it that way ah. too. Because they're talking about it. Mm. He's trying to say when it's not his, his possession. So it's it's a bit of a cat and mouse game here and it keeps changing who's in charge. But, yeah. The fact <laughs> I'm actually intrigued, question, I will say. <laughs> is Detective Baroldi a genius or a gumpy? I think it's going to be... Uh, <laughs> I had yep. to go with a GG. We got a contender for the Todd Colehip um, school of interrogations. Yeah, but it could go I'm the other way. That. I don't know. There's a game going on here. All right. Because Detective Baroldi is about to throw his first curveball. Let's have a look. And at the same pawn shop, more money pawn? Yep, they were done. Okay, when was the first time that you pawned it? I don't know. Been a little while. Okay. Well, to you, what's a little while? Maybe two months. Two months ago. Okay. And then the second time that you pawned it? About a week after I got it right back out of pawn. Okay. And then the most recent time that you pawned it? Probably about a month and a half. A month and a half ago? And it's just been sitting there. I've okay. had it. So you're saying that it's been at Mo Money Pond for the last month and a half? Mm hmm. I mean, I got it out. Had it with me for a week, put it back because I needed something. Got it out, put it back, got it out, put it back. Okay, so are you positive the most recent time that you pawned it was a month and a half? I'm fairly certain. Matter of fact, if you guys have my vehicle, the pawn ticket's in my car. Well, I've, well, here's the deal. I know when you pawned it, so I just want to make sure because that's, that's an incorrect date. It wasn't a month and a half ago. That's where it's at, man. Okay. Well, I know where it was at. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying you didn't pawn it a month and a half ago, so. Let's see. Okay, I can I can do about about three weeks then. Three weeks. It has to be because I got paid. Shortly after that, I didn't have enough money to pay some bills, so I went and pawned it. I said, all right, I'll be back in two weeks, and now it's been four weeks. Okay. Yeah, okay, he's saying he knows the porn timeline is a lie, but it doesn't sound like this guy was overly thinking about it. He said, you know, he's just made a quick guess on how long it's been, about a month. Yeah. Exactly, and and but this is also telling him that they have more information about him than he actually realises. So yeah, this sure. will be the first time that basically, hmm, why are they asking about my gun? What's happening? And this is big news. It's not like that. This was sort of one random small crime that that you know, like a, a quick stop or, or something had been broken into. This was a series of shootings over a, a several week period. So the yeah. fact they're asking about a gun when he had it, when he didn't have it, he's now going okay, this is something to do with gun ownership and he would have sort of clued in that this may be about the I-10 shootings, but he's not actually going there. But the fact that Baraldi is without bringing in what this is about, it's sort of a bit perplexing. So he's, he's trying to kerfuffle him, but it's not working as well as he wants it to. But he's just hoping that Leslie's going to slip up, but he, he, he doesn't yet. Mm. All right, let's see how the interview continues. Um... 
tell me um, about your work schedule. Uh, before we, let me go back on this. Who do you work for? Landscape Excellence. Okay, and how long have you been working for them? Six months. Okay, and um, what is your work schedule with them? Well, up until when I started in February, it's what, seven to four, then it started getting hot, so we went to 5.30 to two, and now we're at six to 2.30. Okay, and? Um, Lately, we've had quite a bit of overtime coming in. Okay, All right. Last week I had five hours extra. Okay, and then what are your days that you work? Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Occasionally Saturdays if the boss asks us, who wants to work so I want one. Okay, when's the last time that you worked a Saturday? Um, Labor Day. Labor Day? Because we work Saturday to make for Labor Day. Okay. So it appears Merritt is starting to pick up on their questions. Yeah, he is in a certain way because what he's doing is he's actually trying to fill his time. So he says, yeah, I work Monday to Friday. And then he says, but then I work overtime. Then I work the public holidays like the Labor Day weekend, which was only a couple of weekends before. And so he's trying to actually extend the period of time that he's unavailable to be doing whatever crime that they're about to uh, pin him for. So it's an interesting defence that he is going for. But because he still doesn't know why he's there and hasn't asked that question, he's just trying to make it seem like he's too busy being a father, a, a husband and a worker. Mm. Well, it prompts Baraldi to get more specific too. Um, tell me about your day on August 29th of this year. Would have been a Saturday, August 29th. That's right before Labor, yeah. That worked? No, I just, I'm just... Asking you if you can take me through your day. Look, man, I'll be honest. I don't keep track of my days. Man, I go to work. I come home. I eat and I sleep. I go to work. I come home. I eat and I sleep. Okay. All right. On the weekends, um, I go stay home or go to my mother-in-law's or other other family members' house. Okay. He was asked about August 29. I mean, this interview is three weeks later. I couldn't tell you what I was doing on a Saturday three weeks ago. We're in early September, and August 29 is not that long ago. I have no idea. I'd really have to think about what I was doing. That's. I don't think questions exactly. like that are fair. It no, it's not, and it's crazy. But at the same time, had he said, oh, on August 29th, I was doing this and this and this, and I went here and I did that and everything, I would be more suspicious of that. Like, as, mm. as you said, August 29th was a week ago or something. I have no idea what I was I don't even know what day of the week it was. So the fact that they asked something like that, it's just – it's almost redundant because unless you sort of prompt them, say, you know, I'll, you know, like like the 4th of July weekend, I would totally get if people would know what they were doing on the, on, on the 4th of July. But on, on the 28th of August, no one's going to really know that. And he says, if it's not a work day, I'm with the family. So, yeah. and that response is going to come up later as well. I keep, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep doing spoiler mm. alerts. But um, what, what's happening is that by being able to say, if I'm not at work, I'm with family, this is going to be something that the detectives are actually later going to use against you. Okay, you're dropping a lot of crumbs, a bit of sizzle, but Merrick <laughs> knows that they want to know more about his gun and so he gives them more information. Do you ever go out shooting or anything? Every once in a while, yeah. Okay, how often do you go shooting? I think I've shot that gun until four separate occasions. Four separate occasions? Okay. And do you do that normally on the weekends? Mm -hmm. 
When's the last time that you went out shooting with them? How was that? Where was it? I went to uh, 91st and Bell Road at Shooter's World. And that had to have been. I don't even know, man. Two okay. coming months at least. I haven't. I mean, last time I shot it, I cleaned it and I put it away. And now it's at the pawn shop. Clean. Okay. <laughs> Is it just me or is Merrick getting frustrated here? He is because he's not being told the whole story. Mm. So they're saying, when did you last shoot it? Because he knows that they know. So he said two or three months ago, don't know, I cleaned it and then I had had to pawn it again. So he wants them to know why they're asking this, but he's not asking that question. But he's getting frustrated because he expects them to sort of uh, give as well as take, but he feels that he's the only one doing that. But he doesn't want to ask questions because what he wants to say is this related to the shootings. Uh, but he knows that if he does that, he's going to be seen as more suspicious. So he wants them to give this up. So when he says, I don't know when it was, but I went here, he's expecting them to come back and say, oh, well, we know exactly when it was, but they're not mm. doing that. So it's really tricky how, how they're both trying to play the same game against each other, but it's just confusing. Yeah, well, look, we're about to get to the point where he's asked about the I-10 shootings. This is a turning point. Well, are you are you familiar with all these shootings that have been occurring on I-10? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, tell me what you know about these shootings that have been occurring on I-10. I know they've happened from, like, 83rd to 16th Street, mm -hmm. something like that. What else do you know about? They got a couple guys already there. What do they call them? Suspects and being questioned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's what we're here to talk about, mm -hmm. okay? Um, I won't beat around the bush anymore. Let's, let's I'm a suspect get, in that, yeah. you, You're beyond a suspect in this, okay? How am I beyond a suspect? Well, well, that wasn't much of a reaction. But was it? Okay. <laughs> there is a little reaction that, that's happening there. He's actually instantly gone into his fight or flight response. So um, it's it's interesting to see, but um, there's small jerky movements. So he has gone from larger movements and smooth to these tiny jerky movements that, that are happening. Okay. I'm going to roll the clip again because I need to see it again. Amanda, can we go back a clip, please? <laughs> Well, are you are you familiar with all these shootings that have been occurring on I-10? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, tell me what you know about these shootings that have been occurring on I-10. I know they've happened from, like, 83rd to 16th Street, mm -hmm. something like that. What else do you know about? They got a couple guys already there. What do they call them? Suspects and being questioned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's what we're here to talk about, mm -hmm. okay? Um, I won't beat around the bush anymore. Let's, let's I'm a just suspect get, in that, yeah. you, You're beyond a suspect in this, okay? How am I beyond a suspect? Well, Good question, though. How am I beyond a suspect? Yeah, and that's what he should have asked at, at the first question that he he was asked when he said, am I being arrested? And they said, yes. And now that he's more than a suspect, he then said, well, how am I? And so mm. finally, he's now including, now it's about and defending how he is, is going to go forward with this because Baraldi's been playing this game, but Leslie wasn't involved in it until now. So now it's become not cat and mouse. This is now who's who's the bigger predator. So it's, yeah, <laughs> it's getting feisty. It really is. Uh, well, the cop then lays it all out. How am I doing Well, I'm going to tell you right now that the your 9 millimeter high point we have it. Mm -hmm. It's been removed out of pond. 
and it was a weapon that was used in these shootings. It has been it has be been right? scientifically analyzed by our crime lab. Okay. And it has been shown that mm -hmm. bullets that were recovered from our crime scenes came from that gun. Okay. Now is there Someone can explain to me how my gun got out of pond without me? Absolutely. Because we I seized not. it. We seized it. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously, we've done a lot of work on this and done a lot of investigative work. Talked to a lot of people. You just saw a couple people that we've talked to today. We've talked to numerous people regarding this, numerous people that know you. Hmm. We've, we're now having a cop lay out everything, everything that they've got. Um, Tell the suspect all of their research. That's an interesting twist on the way things are done. I shouldn't be laughing, but I am purely because no one does that. As, as I said, we, we we have a detective here who thinks this is the case of his career yes. and he thinks that he's just going to have this panache and that uh, Leslie's ju just going to crumble and just give it all to him. And he's literally going with, uh, we, we did this and then we took it here and we've spoken to these people and we've asked these people questions and we got your gun. And, uh, like, the first thing I would say is, well, that gun was out of my possession whatever you did with it guess what guys that's that's now a chain yeah, you, of evidence that's actually a very broken. good point you've got a legal brain um you've got a very analytical <laughs> brain so that's a very good point but to give Baraldi his due by laying this out it does put the pressure on the suspect to confess if he has done it because We've got everything we need. That's it. Baraldi's almost got his feet up on the table saying, mate, it doesn't matter what you say. We've got the evidence, right? Exactly, exactly. And it, it was to shake Merritt up. So this was to see how he responded because he said, well, how how am I a suspect? And Baraldi just answered him like, like that the roles were reversed. It's just crazy that he did that. And it just cracks me up that he literally went through piece by piece of what their evidence was, which now means that Merritt has the opportunity now to defend against every single piece because he can say, well, my gun was in the pawn shop. I didn't have it when this was happening. Like, you guys have fired rounds. You know, you, you've had it when I haven't had it. It was out of my control. Who's not to say that someone at, at the pawn shop hasn't been taken out? And Like, if you want to go and oh, shoot people a on a freeway, are you going to use your own gun or are you going to use someone else's gun? Geez, that's a very good point, but Baraldi is going in hard. Let's have a look at this. And uh, so we got a fill. I have no idea. I mean, it would be in Well, here's, here's the thing. Nobody's been hurt yet. Okay, but okay. Nobody I'm got hurt. Nobody got hurt. A single shot on the freeway. Well, I'm saying I go down the shooter world and I go down the BIR and I shoot the water. Here, listen, listen. I'm not gonna argue the facts with no, you. No, I understand. So but I have the facts, I have the facts in here, okay? And what I'm here is obviously this doesn't look good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe that's a and shock to me, bro. People people do things, maybe they're having a bad day, maybe they're frustrated, maybe things are going that's on in their me, personal man. life. That's not me. Well, I know your, what your weapon was involved weapon and in it. Can hurt somebody. Your weapon was involved in it. And I don't understand how. Well, here's the deal. I don't. Is this you? Yes, yeah, ma'am. Okay. We've done all this investigative research. He has it right there. 
And guess who's in the middle of that picture right there? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And where are, where are all of these lines joining at? Where are they all meeting at? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that tells you right there that everything that we've done investigative-wise, everything that we have evidence-wise, all keeps pointing to you. <laughs> I don't know whether he did it or not. <laughs> uh, what's going on here, Amanda? Well, Merritt is now actually denying. So he's he's not offering any other scenarios. He's saying, it's not me. I didn't do this. And so Baraldi throws his, his mugshot at him and says, this is you. And he then gets out another piece of paper and goes, yeah, that's not the right piece of paper. And so he points to the other detective and said, he's got all of the evidence right there. And it's like... Really? So you have all this evidence and you've got all these like, pieces of string showing how everyone was connected to him, but it's saying nothing. He's trying to sound like he's, he's confident and, and he's nailed and that's it, but he's got nothing. I can't, and, and Merritt knows that. He's saying, yeah, so what? You've got my mugshot. So what? You, you've got some evidence of, of firing from my gun, but I didn't have the gun in my possession. It's been out of my possession more than it's been in my possession, but he's not even offering that. He's just going, yeah, but it's not me. So he's not even offering a, a defence, which then brings up another red flag for Baraldi to actually go forward with this and saying, well, show me what else it could be. But he's... he's it's not happening. He's just, he's, he's shutting down. Merritt's like, he's not even thinking straight now because of all of this complexity that's actually yeah. not complex. It's just that it feels that he, he's been sideswiped by this. But is, is it up to the suspect to come up with an alternative theory? Isn't it up to the suspect to, to point out why it isn't him, which he's not articulately doing now, you know, which is the big mistake here because he's not saying, did this happen while the gun was at the pawn shop you know that's one of the first key questions surely but look Baraldi wants his confession and he is not going to stop until he gets it and I'm trying to give you the opportunity here Leslie to sit there and explain to me why you did it sir I have nothing to explain I did not do this man well I'm telling you we have your Facebook post What's that? What I post? Uh, everything. You have a lot of posts on there regarding these shootings that are occurring on I-10. We so just I, didn't I follow pick, the media. No, it's not a matter of following the media. Oh, because I believe in the no, second. No, no. Here's what the deal is. These guys that you said that we arrested these three suspects. As soon as these people got arrested, you're up and on this Facebook. They're on your Facebook yeah, posting all these things. You're, ta you're tagging Damon, That's and the reason funny. and the reason you're doing that is because you're basically trying to let Damon know, hey, look, they got these guys. They're not the guys that no, did this. What is. My buddy right there, he believes in conspiracy theories and think the government's out to get everybody, so I tag him in it so he can read it. Well, that's interesting that after we arrest these guys and all of a sudden you're posting this stuff, why didn't you post it before on your Facebook? It has nothing to do with the arrest or anything. I've been following the whole story. Well, it's not on your Facebook till after these guys get arrested, so all of a sudden then now you get some type of interest in it. I've just been following it. So explain to me how your weapon that has been scientifically I don't tested. Know. I can't tell you how. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, Amanda, if people became suspects because of posting about crime on Facebook, when are you getting arrested for the Zodiac crimes? <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. I mean, this is tenuous at best. The fact that he was uh, posting about uh, three suspects being arrested isn't enough to say, well, someone someone spoke about this news item, so therefore they must be the shooter. It's just... It's not a very good argument. <laughs> no. Let's, can we take a look at those Facebook posts, though, to see what we're talking about? So what are we seeing, Amanda? So we're just seeing, like, that. that's his profile picture. And, um, you know, he's, he's just talking about the he likes guns and everything. So a couple of the other graphics that we have um, will actually show him. Um, that actually looks that. pretty that's normal, him, him with his girlfriend or wife. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And a next one. So, you know, now we're looking at things about shooting and the Second Amendment and all, all this sort of stuff. So, um, so he's put a meme like up golf. there saying long range shooting yeah. is like golf, but for men. And he's commented. Is that him commenting saying very nice? Yes, that that is his his comments as he shares things. So he has a friend that he um, was sharing these with, just to sort of say, "Hey, this is what's going on." And his mate Damon, who we don't actually hear who Damon actually is, is just a bit of a conspiracy nut. And so he likes to say, "Hey, you know, this isn't a big government conspiracy. This is what's happening. Three young guys have been arrested for this case. You know, is it amazing how this is playing out? People should have a right to guns because there was a whole thing about." these shootings could have been um, road rage and all this sort of stuff. So the fact that he was actually saying that um, it shouldn't prevent people carrying guns, they are using that as evidence that he must be the shooter because he likes guns. Mm. Well, the fight continues and then Merrick gives Baraldi some stunning evidence. Well, here, you have a weapon that you purchased. Yes. Okay, you're the only person that has owned that weapon. Yeah. Um, you just told me and I just got that information from everybody else that I spoke to, that you've never lent that gun out to anybody. Nobody else borrows it. You have it with you at all times. So it's never been out of your possession. It comes back ballistically. That's okay. Tested, by it comes back to those bullets. You checked every camera on the I-10 the last night. I have not been on the fucking I-10. Here's here's the thing that's (laughs) funny that you said that. Funny thing that you said that. That is, those cameras have been up, and those cameras cover every mile on the interstate. And guess who we saw on that video? It's been recorded. You have pictures of that as well, Charlie? I got video in there. I got video in there. So if you need to see that video to sit there and prove the point, rather than being okay, a man, so rather than being a man and just admit I'll tell you where I've been. I went to 44th Street and Chandler Boulevard because I have a job there. Her name's Nancy Lutz. We did her yard. This has nothing to do with anything to do. This has nothing to do with your work or any of this. Okay, well, I'm telling you, I have not found You're it. familiar with what I am telling you. Yes, you know. Yeah, but I'm telling you. I follow them. I can't follow shit. I'm not even talking about your Facebook anymore. I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking. There's there. There's no. It, it's just not out of the blue that you're here, Leslie. Dude, you it know? really is because I've not fired it's, my it's not out of, it's, it's, it's not out of the blue. You're here for a reason. You wouldn't be here if there wasn't evidence for you to be here. And I'm all I'm trying to do is I'm, trying, I'm just trying to give you the opportunity to maybe explain why this happened. Like I said, well, I'm not going to admit this. Hold on, I not hold, do, man. hold on, Leslie. I'm just telling you, and I'm just going to let you know, everybody's human. Yeah. And sometimes good people do stupid things. But I'm and, and, and you know what I mean? Sometimes they do stupid things and there's stuff going on or there's just... Mm-hmm. A reason that they do it, and all I'm saying is, is I'm trying to give you the opportunity here to explain to me 
why you did this? Was there something going yeah, on? I didn't did do it. Was, you just saying why I did it? Why well, I did not do it? Your gun was used. Yeah, I swear on the Bible. I put on my kids' life. I did the not Bible, do the it. Bible's, the Bible's not going to help right now because but what I didn't I'm do telling it. you, I have I evidence. I understand. I have evidence. I understand, but I have not fired my weapon, man. That's the thing. I have not fired my weapon. Well, uh, here's this. Your weapon, who you have in your possession yes. at all times, yes. you've never linked you it to anybody. Okay. No, I didn't find it on the ferry. I'm telling you that there's bullets that were fired from your gun that were removed from cars. How is that possible, man? I have not fired my weapon. I know we're telling you. Months, the ballistic tests don't lie. Well, then there has to be some kind of mix-up, man, because there I don't is, not, There is no mix-up. I have not fired my there's gun in no, two months, man. Did you know that there's over 286,000 high-point guns? It, and you put it with a microscope and you line up the groups. I understand I am telling how it works. You, there are 286,000 high-point mm -hmm. handguns that mm -hmm. have been sold, mm -hmm. and we just... Out of the blue, find your gun. I don't know how it is, man. I think maybe can you guys been watching my Facebook? Oh, no, 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 no. Your gun, your gun took us to your Facebook. Baraldi absolutely believes he's got his man, and now he's going for it, isn't he? He is, and he's got his evidence that there's 246,000 hollow point guns, whatever he was saying, uh, you know, has, uh, has been out there and we've just found yours. But now the evidence of your Facebook means nothing because our, our forensic uh, ballistics tests led us to your Facebook page, not the other way around. So it's very interesting that they suddenly have this gun in their possession that had been pawned multiple times, and that's the gun that was used. And the fact that Merritt actually says, well, go and check the cameras, and he goes, well, we actually have, and we found you on that too. That was the biggest error that he made so far. This is Merritt now saying, I bet you can't find me. So what is he hiding there? that he believed that they wouldn't find him on the cameras. So, mm. because he was quite shocked when Baroldi says, well, we have cameras and we've been following you. And, and guess what? It was your car as well. Yeah, that's an interesting one. But look what happens when Merritt decides to flip the tables. I'm telling you, because I know when you pawned it. You pawned it. You pawned it on the day after the last shooting that we connected to your gun, period. You pawned it on August 30th, and it was right after the last shooting that we had on the freeway that was connected to your gun. You pawned it after the last shooting. We have videotape of you pawning. Oh, we have so all the pawn records, so I know the day that you pawned it. I know the time that you pawned it. And I'm telling you. I have videotape from the freeway with your silver car. I have ballistic test that comes back yeah, to you your gun. Yeah, shooting my gun out of my Absolutely. Car? Bullshit. Absolutely. I have not fired my gun, dude. That's well, bullshit. I'm just telling you. Like I said, we're here because I have evidence. To I understand you have evidence, man, but I'm telling you, I haven't shot well, my gun, dude. I haven't. Well, then explain I, it to I, me. Like I don't know how to explain it, man. How, does, how, does, how is it that your gun is scientifically analyzed and it comes back to the web or to the bullets that were recovered at our crime scenes. Sir, I don't know what to you say, pawn it you pawn it on the day of the last shooting after the last shooting occurs. No, how video take the last shooting well, then explain it to me. Where's it at? Let me see these things right here. Where's the last shooting? The last shooting is this copycat shit. Oh you got my video I'm shooting my gun. That's cool. Oh I'm fine riding on the I ten because I'm not afraid to ride on the I ten. 
What's this? Oh, what's this one? September 12th. DPS investigating two more incidents. These are so way, now, these are these are oh, these are way, these are way after the incident. These are you're things. These me. are things that that you posted after you're saying you after the, the last shooting were arrested. You're saying after the last shooting. The last shooting was the 30th. That's when you posted. This is September 12th. No, no, no. We're not talking about your Facebook. Now you're now you're just trying to twist things. Now you're just trying to show you something. You're trying to twist things, and you're not going to twist it because I know too much about this case. I'm sort of loving this. Um, I just love the way Merit is saying, bullshit. Bullshit to you. Yeah. Um, and, and grabbing the pieces of paper. Yeah, and, and just dismissing all their evidence. Is it a battle of wits, Amanda? <laughs> I don't really think so. No, I think I that Merit has no <laughs> you I just, you know, he goes, hang on, that this one's September 12th or, or, or whatever it was. He goes, yeah, yeah, no, no, we're not talking about that because I haven't linked your gun to that one, but I've linked, you, linked your gun to these other ones. So, but there's actually crimes that happen after the date that he pawned his gun. So it's quite interesting that he's saying, yeah, but look, I, I posted this on this page and he's showing, he's seeing stills of himself at these shooting ranges and everything, which was actually quite shocking to merit to see that they had that much information about mm. him but at the same time he's he's being able to come with the defense for most of these pieces of paper which seconds ago Baraldi said was the be all and end all of, of their case and now when merit's going through each piece of paper he's saying yeah yeah forget that piece yeah forget that piece so this battle of wits is just sort of all over the place <laughs> because uh, he wasn't expecting merit to look at these pieces so quickly and and find fault and so he was just sort of thinking oh well if I just sort of spread these papers out and then put them all, all together it makes me look like I know what I'm doing but no. I don't think he does Baraldi uh, doesn't want the facts to get in the way of his story uh, maybe. Yeah, uh, I, I really <laughs> can't tell if this guy did. I, I'll tell you what though I'm, I'm sort of on the side that this guy didn't do it because he's so emphatic about it and it doesn't seem like a calculated lie he's admitted to all the things that have been laid on the table yes that's me yes i own that gun he doesn't look to me like he's been trying to hide things but look baroldi wants the truth but can baroldi handle the truth let's find out I have no reason to twist anything. Well, I have not found my gun. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I want the truth. I want you to tell me. I don't the know truth. what to tell you. The truth is, I have not shot my fucking gun in at least two months, man. That's the truth. Well, somebody has, and you're it, telling me that you've loaned it to nobody. Nobody, nobody else has had it. Nobody. Nobody. I don't know what to tell you, man. Well, I'm telling you that your gun was used to shoot these cars on the yeah, interstate. I'm telling you, my gun has not been in my possession or fired by me in about two months. Okay, well then, if you can sit there and provide me with a good reason why your gun has been scientifically... Yeah, I don't know what to that. tell you on that, man. I'm not a scientist. I don't know, man. I have no idea what to tell you I on that. I can only tell you where the evidence is pointing. I know, it all points to me. You got your little thing there. It tells me that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what to tell you on that, man. I don't. I have no idea. I'm trying to give you the opportunity to tell me the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I don't know where the hell this scientific bullshit's coming from, but I have not fired my gun from my hand in two months. It's not as easy as Barodi thought it would be, is it? No, he thought, you know, we're, we're all, almost 20 minutes into the interview. He should have crumbled by now because I had the evidence and I know the truth and I just want him to make it easier on, on himself by giving up 
the story. But the thing is, he's not offering anything in, in its place. That There's no bargaining going on. He's just saying, give me the truth. Mm. And he thinks that that's all that he needs to do and that Leslie's going to go, oh, my God, you got me, you got me. But no, he's, he's, he's going tit for tat. He's really going solid at him. He says, I haven't shot my gun for two months. These um, events have been happening for the last six weeks. Like, I'm not part of this, but you're not going to believe me, regardless of what your tiny, cute Venn diagram is, is looking like on, on this page. So, you know, it's just it just perplexes me sometimes how these police think these interviews are going to go. They think that people are going to be faced with the truth and they're just going to crumble. They really don't believe that someone is not going to uh, deny it because it's about their freedom. It's about their yeah. justice. So if they don't want to go ahead and say, oh, yeah, yep, it's me, you got me, He's not Which some people him do. Anything some people do crumble. We've seen that in these interrogations. This is not one of those guys. Absolutely not. And he's going at it as hard as Baraldi is. But Baraldi's mm. perplexed that he's he's just not confessing. Now, look, it's interesting. They obviously need to apply pressure. The other officer who's been silent until this point starts chiming in to make it two against one. So why would someone who's kind of close to you tell you that they think you are capable of going and doing something like this? Oh, is that my boss? Are you holding a mask on that? No, no, just say your boss said somebody close to you. Why would somebody close to you sit there and say that you were capable of doing this? That you you have a tendency that it would not be uncommon for somebody to piss you off, and that when you get you know that when you get pissed off, you get mad. Yeah, I get mad, but I know the difference from fucking stomping someone's ass out or shooting them. I will not use my gun. I'm 280 pounds. I don't need that gun unless someone's breaking into my house. <laughs> that shut him up. <laughs> it certainly did. Like he says, I'm a big guy. I can take on anyone who comes at me, sort of thing. So it, they sort of both went, Oh, okay. The this guy's tougher than we thought. He was, <laughs> it really shut them up. They were literally silent. And I'm like, Yeah, now what are you going to say? Because he's, he, he, he's thrown that theory out. Mm. And look, here, Baraldi starts to get childish. Trying to get things figured out as to why. I, like I said, but that's the one thing I don't I can't provide you with that reason because I didn't do this, man. I understand. Believe me, I'm not calling you a liar. I understand what your evidence is saying. Yes, you are. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Merritt was shocked. It's sort of like a tip for tap being shocked now because he goes, look, I'm not calling you a liar, but um, and, and for Brody to go, yeah, you are. It's just, my God, they're really down to cat calling now. It's just crazy. I, I just would have said, that, I'm not calling oh, you a liar. Yeah. And when he says, yes, you are, I would have said, I'm not. I'm just calling you stupid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> look, Merritt then says something that... Uh, it sort of does dump him in it. You keep trying to say, oh, I did, I did. I'm telling you, dude, I didn't. Oh. Dude, if you get a polygraph yeah, right I'm now, honest. if you get a polygraph right now, I'll pass that shit because I have not. So you're willing to take a polygraph? I'll fucking take one right now, dude. Okay, oh, I will sit I'll there. Take I'll take a drug test. I'll take whatever you want. I don't I need, I'm, not worried, I'm not worried about a drug test. I'm saying if you're willing to take a polygraph, I will talk to my supervisor and see that. Now, my question is, this polygraph, you take this polygraph, and if it comes back and it shows that you're not being truthful with me, then what? Then where do we go? Because then at that point, all you have is all this evidence, and this polygraph comes back and it says, 
Leslie's not being honest. Okay, but then the where do we go? The only way that will happen is if someone manipulates the evidence. See, because I know you have, I have not shot my what gun I'm here. Hearing, what I'm hearing is, it, it, again, all these people are trying to do this. I'm telling you, this is not an opinionated thing. I know that's, you not, did all your, your piece work and you got, I understand that. Uh, look, big call to take the lie detector test, but for the officer to say, will you accept the results? Well, the guy's saying, it won't find me guilty because I am innocent. And the guy, the, the officer's playing this game of, well, then what's the point? Well, then why do we have lie detector tests? Well, they're not usually used in court anyway, so uh, they've sort of been thrown out as a science. But it was a big call to make. And the fact that Baraldi jumped on that instantly and said, well, okay, let's do that. I'm surprised he didn't have one in his sock. I really thought that he had all this evidence ready to go and he was going to throw that thing on the table and go, let's do it right now. <laughs> instantly, there's just this total shift. He's like, oh, my God, he wants to do a lie detector test. I didn't think to ask him that one. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just great. <laughs> um, they then get onto the tactic of offering another scenario that still involves merit, but not as the shooter. Let's have a listen. Could somebody have been with you in your car that, that maybe oh. might have done this? Do you have any information on this? Is this maybe how that your gun got involved? You know this? what? The only guy I can say that's trying to fuck me over is a guy named Alvaro Chavez because he just got fired from a job. What's his name again? Alvaro Chavez. Alvaro Chavez is that? That's the same guy that you commuted with up until the last time that he just yes, got fired this yeah. last week. He's the only person I would know that would have a problem with me. Okay, and why would he? Why would he because the day he got fired, it was because I was fixing all his mistakes at, jo at the job site. And I called him, I texted him, I said, hey man, send a picture, I said, I'm fixing your shit because you didn't do it right. And he said, oh, well, Dave told me that's how he wanted it done. I said, no, it's not because I, I know how the job's supposed to be done. Since then, I, mean, I guess that's probably why I have a problem with it. Okay. All right. Well, Leslie, could it possibly be that maybe you were in a car? Yeah. So, hold on, hold on. Maybe you were in a car with somebody. And obviously you said that your gun's always with you. Is it a possibility that maybe you were in a car and somebody else was in the car with you? Nobody touches my firearm. And, and it's fired mine. off your gun? No. They gave him an out. He's not taking it. But you had a little bit of a smile there. What have I missed? <laughs> uh, well, he, he gives him an opportunity to sort of say he, he's being framed, but he doesn't go for it. But there was something else in there that you guys didn't pick up on. Let's have a look. Okay, let's go again. Maybe you were <laughs> And obviously you said that your gun's always with you. Is it a possibility that maybe you were in a car and somebody else was in the car with you? Nobody touches my firearm. And, and it's fired mine. off your gun? No. Okay, what am I missing? <laughs> okay, well, at no point had Merritt ever said that no one touches his gun. Ah. But then Baraldi says it to him and he picks up on that instance and says, yes, no one touches my gun. So he was given that out to say, oh, yeah, you know, I hand around at, at lunchtimes and we go shooting. You know, my, my mate Damon shot it. He emphatically denies that. So it was a, a given that no one else touches his gun. But Baraldi threw that in there to see if he would agree with that point. So instantly now... Now we've got the evidence puts it not in a bargaining thing that someone else might have it or anything, but that it is only his gun and no one else touches it. So it was a, mm. it was, it a, was a good play. Just, it, it was, was very good.
Okay. All right, look, we have run out of time and there are a few twists and turns we need to go through in the next episode. Amanda, give me the headlines. What can we expect without giving the game away? Well, I'm hopeless at, at, at spoiler alerts. Um, we have a lot more to go, and Baraldi does sort of get a bit back, but I think Merritt is going to play a better game, but it is interesting to see how it plays out. All right, that is in the next episode of Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.